know, we prioritize other things, you know, we brush our teeth and we make ourselves a good meal and, you know, this mental self-care is essential, you know, and I find, you know, through, through this practice of ritual as well, it lessens mindlessness. So from this routine, this ritual, this daily practice, you know, you become more aware as to where you might be spending your time mindlessly, you know, because you become sort of more accountable for where you want to share your energy. And it's just that pause in the midst of all the chaos that is our day. Welcome to the Mindful Soul Center podcast. My name is Amy Adams. I'm your host and the producer of this podcast. Recently, I had the opportunity to interview Lara Dwyer, from Suka Yoga Australia. I'm really excited to share this interview where we discuss ritual, but before we get started, there's just one brief announcement. The new and second issue of Mindful Soul Center magazine is available to read for free online all the time. You can also purchase a downloadable edition, but you can access the magazine in its entirety for free. It's themindfulsoulcenter.com, so bookmark that and check it out. In the meantime, after you listen to this podcast episode, you can visit the website and you can find our premiere issue there, and also you can find a lot of different interviews and articles and lots of uh, meditations and different features there. And now let's get started. Before dedicating her work to the realm of yoga and helping people through movement and breath work and all that is yoga, Lara worked as a naturopath. She's been practicing yoga for 18 years and teaching for 10. When I got back into yoga and I was following some different yoga instructors and um, two in particular, and one of them was Lara. And of course, she doesn't know me, right? But here I am following her yoga practices. And one day I look on her Instagram posts and there's a mural of a place where she studied yoga. And it was by my mentor in college for art. So here she is, this yoga teacher from Australia, and she's posting this thing. And I thought, wow, that's really amazing. You know, there's these kind of like little connections and things of uh, getting to know people. Anyway, so I was following her on Instagram, very excited. I had uh, sent, I think I posted a comment, something about like that, you know, that was my mentor in college. And then I ended up uh, posting something again because Lara was offering a retreat um, in India. And this was a lifelong dream of mine to go to India, but it was a place that I just didn't want to go by myself. So I ended up posting something like, Oh, like, I want to go to this golden temple where she had posted a picture. Then, through some kind of uh, synchronicity, and voila, I did go. It was really a wonderful experience to travel to, you know, to fulfill this lifelong dream. So, I kind of just setting up the interview a little bit because as I like, because I cut out some parts of the interview. <laughs> and so you'll be like, why? Why is she saying that? That doesn't make any sense. So that's that. And now let's really get started now. So one of the things that I loved actually in the um, retreat, which that was only my, I've never been on a retreat before. And um, 
I love like the sense of community and things like that, but also I love like this kind of powerful feeling that we had. And every day when we practice, you taught us in like a kind of very structured um, way and not, not because you're a teacher. It didn't seem like that. It didn't seem like, Oh, like I have, uh, I'm a teacher and I have a little plan. Um, it was more like this like gathering and this community. And then we um, began like with a certain way with like reflecting and do, doing things and kind of go, moving through a kind of sequence um, and not just uh, going there and working out. So um, like, and it, it is uh, like a ritual. Uh, every practice has to be a ritual. Um, through your teaching, and I guess, um, so I wanted to ask you, what is the importance of ritual for yoga as a practice, but also, like, um, uh, in the studio and at home? Yes, so. perfect. Yeah, lovely. I'm going to quote what my teacher, Dana Flynn from Laughing Lotus, said to me, which is, ritual is routine that's made holy. Uh, and with a daily practice, it's something that you can cultivate, something that you can create that is sacred space. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's what pulls you out of the mundane. It's what pulls you out of sort of like daily existence and just brings you into this little anchorage of a moment where, you know, maybe you light a candle and you light some incense. So you've just got, you make your space beautiful and you practice in the same space. You know, maybe there's one place in your house that you go to each time. You might have a picture up on the mantelpiece or on the desk in front of you that just sort of, again, brings a sense of sacredness to it. Um, and what you choose to do then, whether it is that, you know, you've only got the time you know, to take five deep breaths and sit for a minute and then blow up the candle and move on your day, or whether you've got, you know, a little bit more time to play with and mediate with. So maybe you start by sitting quietly and you listen to body is how you wish to move that morning, um, you know, and explore some movement, maybe some things that you picked up in class. Maybe it's just some movement that you want to try out. And then after the movement, you sit again because that's how it works is that you move so then you can sit still. Then you might read something beautiful and you blow out the candle and get on with your day. But, you know, just these little quiet moments in the day, you know, it just, I find, again, it just gives that sacred break to the mundane. And it's incredible, I think, when you start practicing that, um, even initially with not knowing any reason as to why you're doing it, but just like an experiment, just to be curious, okay, so if I just create this time and see what happens. Just how much I think importance and value starts to come around that because we are in a world where we run and we do and we fit so much in and like to actually just carve out a space in time where you do nothing else other than just listen to you and what's inside you, this meat suit of a body, um, <laughs> it just becomes quite integral. And for me, I just, I think, you know, that's kind of like, you know, tuning your instrument at home. And then when you go join a class, you know, maybe there's a weekly class that you love to go to because of the community aspect and maybe you really connect with the teacher and, you know, that's kind of like playing in the orchestra. So, you know, you tune your music and your instrument at home and then you, go play in the orchestra and you go connect with everybody and you see how you all move together and then you come home and do it again. I really love yeah. that about connecting with the orchestra because as a child I used to play uh, the piano yeah. and then um, I had the opportunity to play like uh, some duets 
with some people later yeah. on. And the feeling is so much different too than, um, but I never really thought about it because it, it was, there's such a kind of joy of having this community and sharing. So, yeah. um, but also it's kind of interesting because I mean, not that yoga is church or whatever or temple or anything like that, but I want to kind of bring that up and um, because like I know that a lot of people when they go to a temple or to a church they or a mosque they have that kind of sense of community and that's good but there's also there's like this kind of deep inner reflection and so sometimes we can do that in a group setting but like if we do it at home is it's really nice because it's um for some people like that's a uh, their kind of spirituality is like a very personal and private thing mm. to connecting to like that inner being so i like uh, mm. like bringing it like having it in the community setting too but i also love the idea of doing this at home and and making it more than just uh maybe a little bit of movement like having these statues or pictures or incense and candles to to make the time i really i love it i love the the, the whole orchestra idea i love it <laughs> You've referenced it before, Amy, but, you know, I don't know when we've spoken, you know, you've talked about how you have a select little catalogue of books that you love to turn to and you read regularly for inspiration. I mean, how beautiful in the morning, like if you spend some time being quiet and spend a little time moving and then being still and then you pick up that book, you know, whatever you're drawn to and you're just so porous to receive that information there and then. So, or whatever it is that you put in your space, you know, whether it's a statue of a deity that you're drawn to or you know, surrounding yourself with that just makes you so porous to receive the energy or the transmission from that. So, yeah, I, I think there's great value to it. Yeah. And one of the things that I really like that I, um, I had practiced some mudras here and there, like through different classes or whatever, but one uh, mudra, which I think is probably like my favorite, is one that you use in a class that you mm -hmm. teach on YouTube, and it's the Lotus Mudra. And it's so, mm -hmm. for me, I, I really find it so uh, fulfilling to do that, even just for like a few seconds, even if you just have time to do it, and I kind of close my eyes and, and do that. And then... Um, I will put in the show notes a picture of what that looks like <laughs> so we can, the people listening to this audio can see it. Um, and beautiful that you create pause in the day, you know, even, you know, if it just means that in the middle of the day somewhere and it's hectic and you've gotten one child to sleep in bed and the other one's eating its lunch for a moment or maybe, I don't know, reading a book or watching TV or something and you just you know, turn around to your sacred space, light a candle, hold the lotus mudra for like 30 seconds. <laughs> Sometimes you maybe that's what you need, right? But it, it can really help because I think the thing that I like about it too is like it does stay with you for the day. Like if you do really? it in the morning, it really, like it can, even in your subconscious mind. So, um, so absolutely. Yes, time is not, I mean, now time is not our own. You know, when you do something for yourself, when you make that sacrifice for something for yourself, it kind of gives you more of that. We can't control anything, but we can control perhaps just that little bit of time that we carve out for ourselves. And it just sort of feels like that's, you know, that's depth in self-care rather than giving yourself away for the rest of the day. Yeah. And I mean, yes, it's great to be of service to other people and uh, contribute in many meaningful ways. But if you're, don't, if you're mm. not full within yourself, it's then, you know, what is that? You can't drink from a dry well or something. Is that saying? <laughs> One of those. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs>
I asked Laura, why ritualize a yoga practice? Ritualizing a yoga practice is about creating a sacred space. You know, when you ritualize it, you make it sacred, you make it special, you make it intentional, and it's giving yourself like a commitment to that time. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you set it up so then you can actually set it up for success in a sense, you know, like you, like I said before, you have the ritual around lighting the candle, you know, putting the incense on. So it's just like, or, so you have smells or whatever, it's vaporizing oils or whatever that just sort of brings you into that sacred space and maybe so you can limit your distractions. Maybe you put the dog out for five minutes or, you know, send messages to your children, which is interesting. They get it. You know, I mean, I have a three-year-old and when I practice, she knows. (laughs) She'll come up and watch and she might sit on me in meditation, but kids pick up. They know the value of what, if if you're putting out that energy, like this is really important to me, this is what sets me up in the day so I can be of service to you. They pick up on that, you know, when you're really clear about your peace, they understand. But I think ritualizing a yoga practice, it just, it gives it so much weight and potency and it just sets yourself up for whatever can unfold after that divine. Yeah. And then I think also you can create a more lasting habit. This is such a big struggle for so many people with the, um, making time not just for themselves maybe because of like like old subconscious beliefs or something like that um you know that they feel like they have to do other things but even just the like for anything i mean not just yoga but any anything in our life that if we really place a priority on it and um i think it's important to place the priority on your own well-being so to even to have like i i think about this a lot because Really, I know we, you know, we say time is like so precious and we can extend time and we can shorten it through different ways and uh, of thinking. Like, obviously, like if something's really not going well, sometimes it feels like time is going forever. Like we're waiting, like we're in pain and we're waiting to get the, you know, medicine or to the doctor or whatever. It's like, oh, you know, it seems like forever to get there. (laughs) But um, So we can shorten length and time, but um I think just we have so much time in a way, like 24 hours is, is uh, you know, we can say, yeah, life is short and all that other kind of stuff, but we have 24 hours. And so like, how are we going to use that time to um, have our best life? And um, so I think like, if I think it's actually a good kind of like mental exercise. Like when I quit smoking one time, I had to write down, I bought this stuff and it told you write down all of the bad things about smoking. And then you mm. tell yourself those things so that, it, you know, you kind of reprogram your mind. But it's like, we can mm. say to ourselves too, like, look, we have uh, 24 hours in a day. And if we just take even 15 minutes for our own well-being, that's, that's really so, that's nothing. And like, if we kind of remind ourselves about that too, I think it's really. Totally. I mean, it's just, you know, like we prioritize that self-care. I mean, it's just that, you know, we prioritize other things, you know, we brush our teeth and we make ourselves a good meal and, you know, this mental self-care is essential, you know, and I find, you know, through, through this practice of ritual as well, it lessens mindlessness. So from this routine, this ritual, this daily practice, you know, you become more aware as to where you might be spending your time mindlessly, you know, because you become sort of more accountable for where you want to share your energy. And it's just that pause in the midst of all the chaos that is our day, you know, like as soon as 
you get up, it's go time. So why not get up that 15 minutes earlier and just not do that? Right. Be before, before you fly out the door and get the kids ready for school or whatever. So, yeah. No snooze buttons on the hill mm. block. <laughs> so, um, the, room, the, dawn, it's, the dawn has so many secrets to tell you don't go back to sleep. Like, it's just, yeah. Is it roomy or have theirs? The dawn has so many secrets to tell you don't go back to sleep. Oh, I like that. Ruby. Yeah. Um, okay, so is there a better time of the day to practice a ritual? So for me personally, and I think this goes, you know, it's, it's a habit that's proven to be of benefit to um, globally is that I think the morning, you know, because that's how you get up and set up your day. You know, it's you set the mood for the day. There's this beautiful word in Sanskrit called bhavana and that's like how you, the, the cultivated mood, the, you know, the good mood, the sweet mood, divine mood and how lovely to set your day up with that, you know, whether, you know, and it can be so simple. Like I've been saying, it might just be, you know, after that bit of quiet, you have a cup of tea in silence and read something beautiful. But just to set that up so then when you go through the rest of the day and it's chaos, you just think, you know, I had that time in the morning where I really just got to sit with myself mm-hmm. rather than feeling I've got no time for myself. Everybody's taking from me. Right. If you do it first thing in the morning, then it's done. Right. Um, but I understand, like, shift workers, whatever, like, if it cannot be the morning and you can't make a ritual or a routine out of that, then you don't you do not do it then. You do it when you get home from work in the evening, you know. But I think you can really, it goes to be said that you can apply this sort of ritual to other sort of sacred moments within the day. Like another big one is, you know, which I'd love to bring more into my family is mealtime, you know, that it's just mm-hmm. when it's time to eat together. Again, you might light that candle. There might be nice music that's put on the phones. You know, the devices are definitely away from the dinner table. You stop and pause and connect and share that meal together, just like we've done for generations. Right. But it's just something that has seemed to have dissolved within recent cultures because we all work different times and, you know, often just sort of like ships in the night. But just to have, you know, that time to reconnect with one another over a meal is just so valuable and yeah. so important for our digestion and our psychology. But yeah, I got off on a sidetrack there. But, you know, there's other ways that you can bring that ritual in, you know, ritual with a sleep routine, you know, how you how you look after yourself before you go to bed so you really set yourself up for that beautiful night's sleep. I think it has value. Like once you start doing it within your own personal practice, it starts to sneak in elsewhere and it just makes your life more abundant and beautiful. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good yeah. goal to have, to have an abundant and beautiful life. I mean, really, yeah. when we think yeah. about it's like what are what are we kind of chasing after sometimes too? You know, we have to. Um, it's I, I'm not against chasing after dreams and doing things. Uh, that's not what I mean by that. But I, I think I think pausing is really important. So and having our priorities of what what we think is the best for us. So contentment, pausing and just going what what's happening right now and everything is okay. In this moment, right now, you know, when we have our meal, while I do my practice in the morning, you know, it's just that pause and resting contentment just for a moment. Otherwise, it just goes. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's really so cool though. I mean, I love the idea of ritual because I think it, it really can bring a lot of benefits to people. So um, I wanted to, you reminded me though, when you talked about the meal time. <laughs> As a child, my parents uh, always, dinner time was a big deal. Like we had, but we had dinner in the dining room uh, and we used to play a game after dinner. And oh, lovely. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's really kind of funny. Um, we would actually do something uh, where you would, we would, we wouldn't clean off the table. We would leave everything there uh, for a while as we sat down and you would, somebody would, and it was great. I remember playing this from like being very, very tiny up until uh, like a young adult. <laughs> and I called it, but you would say some, something like um, GG and it would be, they, people would have to guess what the initials were. Uh, on the table had to be something on the table so like it would be a green glass you know just as a simple example but we would you know and it would actually i uh, have such fond memories of that um just spending yeah, the time together yeah. huge life yeah how beautiful that's awesome <laughs> so anyway um I wanted to uh, thank you for spending time with me today here. So if you want to just share your website with everyone and let them know how they can get in touch with you or right. you to go on a retreat or to a class if you live in Australia or you don't have to live in Australia to go on a retreat. You can, <laughs> you can yeah, be yeah. in India or somewhere else. <laughs> find me. Oh, thank you so much, Amy. It's been such a delight chatting with you. But I do, uh, yeah, before I sort of, Say, well, you can find me. Um, my website is superyogaaustralia.com.au and maybe that'll go on the show notes so people know the spelling. But I just, you know, I, I really would love your listeners, our listeners, to um, perhaps feel inspired from our conversation in the sense of them to start investigating or getting curious to what ritual would look like for them. And just I think the number one thing is to remember that it can be any amount of time. You know, if you have a minute, then that's what you're going to give. But just to start now, start tomorrow with um, that practice and just just see what it opens up and does for you. I just, yeah, I'd be so curious for you to try it and perhaps let us know via your platform, Amy, as to how it's working for you. Yeah, and uh, so you can tag us at the Mindful Soul Center um, on Instagram, but also um, Instagram for you is... Oh, okay. that's that's a good question. Okay. Um, Earth. Earth. Yeah, that's it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <So laughs> Thanks, Amy. That will also be in the show notes. So, um, anyway, thank you everyone today for listening, and um, stay tuned for more in the future. You can find Laura's website at www.sukayogaaustralia. Dot com dot au. It's S U K H A Yoga Australia dot com dot AU. If you like this interview, please leave a review. It really helps get this podcast known so other people can benefit from uh, the, these listenings. So thank you for joining us today and tag us. Let us know your experience. Until next time.